What's up, buddy? Oh, nothing. I mean, we sat here and talked for like the last 45 minutes. We should have just been recording it, all that salmon talk. Yeah, that would have been probably not a bad idea. Yeah. How was your uh, Thanksgiving? It was good. Um, went down to the in-laws down in Savannah, Georgia, and uh, made a couple turkeys, one smoked, one traditional roasted. Um, Tuesday? Yeah, I think Tuesday went down there. Came back Friday. Nice. Big family gathering? No, no, it was uh, in-laws and then sister-in-law, um, her husband and their two kids, my wife and I, and two of our kids, and then me and my one of my daughters came back Friday. Nice. What did you... Uh you, I assume you're the one that smoked the turkey, right? You smoked? Yeah, we uh, on the big green egg. Um, my father-in-law, he brined it you know, for a couple days prior to me getting there. And then, uh, yeah, then we thought we had everything we needed, like the day of, even I think the day before for like Thanksgiving meal, but apparently we didn't. And so my father-in-law was like finding every place to buy odd and end food <laughs> to cook um like the day of and so I, yeah so he he was uh he was gone pretty much the whole cooking time just finding stuff and so yeah i had uh smoked the turkey nice yeah i smoked my turkey on my uh i don't have a big green egg i've got one of these uh i did it in the, the 55 barrel. gallon barrel yeah i love that thing so much yeah I, that that's the the barrel style is what i had a few years ago and that was kind of what got me kind of hooked into the smoking process but mine was just like this um you know very entry level kind of one that you, know, you get at home depot probably like 20 bucks so it probably didn't perform as well as many others but it got me hooked yeah awesome yeah i feel like I spent three days in the kitchen counting the cleanup. I was so done come Saturday. And then I had to deal with all the, the broth that I had made from my smoked turkey. Well, and then I got, um, then I got back Friday morning um, at like 1130. And then I made another turkey when I got home. Really? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm going to, keep doing turkeys like once a month or something it's i they taste so good smoked i ne i've never liked turkey until i started smoking them well i mainly um in addition to just wanting some kind of leftovers to eat you know mm -hmm. um my our neighbors uh they're an elderly couple and like don't have people there to kind of help them out and take care of them so my wife and i help out quite a bit and i told them that i would make them a thanksgiving meal so that's nice so yeah so that i did did the turkey when i got home candied yams whipped potatoes stuffing that was good i uh our spread it, just a huge spread of food i first of all there's that 
dessert stuff. It's like Jello. Have you seen that? It happens in the Midwest. I, I never grew up with it. It's like a Jello dish. <laughs> it's like a fruit dish. I don't know. It's weird. That's my probably my least favorite. Um, like the like Jello with fruit in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I just can't get into it. Like there's there's potatoes. You have green bean casserole. There's all this other great food. Yep, stuffing or dressing, whatever you call it. And then there's like ten pounds of this Jello dish, and I'm just like, what the, what's going on here? Um, I'm not complaining. I I just don't. I'm just you know mysterious. Like, how did that get in the the mix of Thanksgiving? It's just kind of a weird dish. It. So, the weird dish for me and like everyone at our family gatherings for Thanksgiving is candied yams. You know, it was a few years ago. I made it, or quite a few years ago, I made it and brought it to my parents' house um, as my contribution to Thanksgiving meal. And my uh, my mom, she had probably a one or two extra glasses of wine prior to prior to eating, and <laughs> you know, I I whipped out my candied yams, and she was like fucking hysterically laughing. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Are they good?" I don't know if I've ever had them. Oh, it's so good. Is it's, it like a mashed potato consistency, or so it's the? Um, I think it's called the red russet yams. You know, so it's the the yellow one or the excuse me the red ones, and you dice them up, and then you put in um, butter, brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, cinnamon and a little bit of nutmeg and um you roast them till they're tender and then uh so that's about about a half hour and then you know five minutes with five minutes remaining then you you take marshmallows miniature marshmallows and put it (laughs) and and put it on top and brown them and then yeah then it's candied yams and so good but my mom was like what is it like is this is this dessert? Is it part of the meal? Is it like, like it's part of the meal? And so, so yeah, so I stopped making them for the family. <laughs> nobody appreciated it. Nobody appreciated it. And I, I got harassed. And, but my, um, the wife, our, our neighbor, um, she loves them and nobody else makes them. So, you know, I, I made some last year for, for them. And so when I got home, I made some. So the the other weird dish that I encountered this year, and this was a new one, it's it's called fruit soup. Have you heard of fruit soup? Never heard of fruit soup. I know it's like just another one of these things, and I I tried it, and I mean it's like a, there was cherries and some other. It's the color of calamari olives, calamari olives. So I talked. Uh, I don't like olives. I talked one of the 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 kids to. Drop, drop a couple olives in the fruit soup, just as a surprise for somebody. <laughs> I thought that'd be appropriate, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think my favorite dish was the smoked turkey, and then these potatoes. Um, Eric made these potatoes that were like mashed and crispy on the outside, and oh my god, I <laughs> ate so many potatoes. I love potatoes, but yeah, I, I don't know. I know Thanksgiving is over, but I feel like I'm still stuffed from Thanksgiving and I'm still going to go home tonight and smoke some more poultry 
<laughs> I've got issues. Yeah, I want to. I want to try that pork belly. I want to try making my own bacon. I know, like, it's a. It's a. It, why wouldn't? Why wouldn't I? Why, why wouldn't you? It's like a. Just got to figure out where to get it from. Yeah, and then how to cut it, right? I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be perfect. Like when you buy sliced bacon in the store. No, you just. I suppose you just let it let it rest and cool and cool and then cut it cool. Yep. Yeah. Sounds delicious. So do you still have to cook it after it's smoked? Or do you cook it through to where it's ready to eat? Yeah, then do you fry it? I don't know. That's the, <laughs> that's a, I don't want to ruin a whole pork belly experimenting, but I kind of want to try one. I think I'd do it on my uh, sideways, like my Oklahoma Joe style versus the one that, you know, my barrel... So you would uh, cook it on its side, not like either belly down or belly yeah, up? I think I'd cook it, I think I'd smoke it on a grate raised above a tin to catch drippings, if there are any drippings. And then the the grate, I think, would, you. I don't think you'd have to flip it if you did it that way. How would you catch the drippings? I don't know. Bacon drippings? <laughs> or, I don't know. Jar it? Yeah. Jar it. I mean, so I've heard of people making bear grease. Have you heard of bear grease? It's a thing. Like Bear grease? Bear grease. So it's like bear drippings. Um, Not droppings? No. <laughs> yeah. Slow, slow. Bear scat. Smoke bear scat, blueberries. Get the drippings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd get drippings. Um, but no, so bear grease, I guess, is similar to honey in that it doesn't spoil if it's done right. And so a lot of back in the day, like the pioneer days and then up in Alaska out in the out in the bush, where it's all subsistence living, uh, bear grease is your butter. That's basically butter, and it can store at room temperature for years and years and years. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intriguing, and I I hear it's really good. If it's I have I don't know the process. I've just been listening to some uh, that meat eater podcast talk about it. I've never had a uh, bear. I'd try it though. It's good. It's actually really good. You just gotta you gotta get the bear. You got to get the right bear, the right diet. Because, you know, if you're if you're eating bear that is eating a lot of fish, it's going to not be as good as a bear that Eat pretty much eats blueberries. Right. Yeah. So that has a lot to do with it. It's actually in the same family as uh, pigs. It's a or kingdom phylum class order. It's the same species, maybe, or family. It, anyway, it's they're very related. Like a, a bear is a boar, and then pigs are boars also. <laughs> so it's real. There's a lot of fat. It's really good. Bear's good. It's just I, my dad got a big one. He shot. Um, it was a blueberry bear. It was up in the tundra, munching on blueberry bushes, and it was. If he would have, I think, donated, like 
given up the skull and maybe the, I don't know about the hide, it would have gone into the Boone and Crockett for a record. The hell is the Boone and Crockett? Boone and Crockett is one of the, I guess, awards that are given for rec for trophy animals, the Boone and Crockett. Got it. Um, there's another one. I don't know enough about it to really talk about it, but I do remember that it was it was like a very large black bear that he that he came home with, and he still has the skull, still has the hide takes up a whole wall. I mean, it's a big black bear, but he what? always, he always felt guilty for killing that bear. Cause it was such a beast, such a beast. And you know, he, he never, never got a bear again. He, he did that one and he, he always kind of felt bad for doing that. Um, I don't even remember eating that bear. I'm sure we did. We had a couple different freezers going on. We had, uh, we had a freezer that was, stacked full of salmon like cordwood i mean i hated salmon growing up i was so sick of salmon and then uh, another freezer was moose or caribou or both depending yep. on what we were able to get um yeah i, I kind of miss that lifestyle of really not buying meat from the store unless it's bacon or bologna with pimentos or you know and <laughs> you get a get a moose and you got your got your meat for what probably six to eight months for a family yeah yeah and and moose is kind of like bear and you can get a bad moose like if it's in the rut um you don't harvest them during like rut no i don't think so i i remember harvesting them I don't remember if it was before or after. Like you don't want to get a bull that's all rutted out. They're just real pissed off and tense and the meat's not as good. Really? I thought like people here in Minnesota, like they hunt deer during the rut. Yeah. Buck, buck, doe. Sure. They're all hanging out. I, I don't know why. I, but I know you'd that. Think, you'd think there'd be some similarities in not wanting to harvest a deer after it's rutted, but people hunt deer until I think the new year. Yeah. Well, no, it's the hunting season is in the fall, uh, up there for moose. Um, do you do a, do you do a moose call by hand or do you have a, I, I a call? I think I went moose hunting one time when I was a kid with my dad. Um, they call them, they call them in, I remember my dad, uh, he got a, a bow permit to go pull a, a, a moose and he shot it and it was, uh, the light was falling. So he shot it and he thinks it was, uh, it got, he went through the lung cause it was a frothy blood. So he tried, uh, following that trail and lost it in the night. So he came home and then got me and my brother up and mom and then we got the neighbors they had like four or five kids and we all went back there to where he shot it and we spent all day long looking for that moose and the blood we picked up the blood trail where my dad lost sight of it because it got too dark 
Um, but it finally just petered out. And I mean, it, it was such a bummer because it was a big bull. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to walk a hundred yards more in this direction because I'm going to find it. And it was like that all day long. And we never found that moose. That's wild. Yeah. So maybe it lived. I don't know. There's a program up in Alaska that you can sign up on um, for roadkill moose. So when a moose is killed by a vehicle, you are called if you're next on that list and you have so many hours to get out to it and get it off the road, basically butcher it right there and quarter it and throw it in your truck. Yeah, I always uh, heard of um, like church church groups that do the same thing. Yeah, they'll make you know because then they'll go to like a lot of uh, homeless shelters and stuff like that. Yeah, that's so pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah, there's an astronomical amount of moose that are killed up in Alaska just between Anchorage and Wasilla. I mean, it's crazy. They have a sign up. I think the most I've seen is 260 moose killed during a winter. Just driving between those two, that's crazy. Yeah, and they—that's you don't want to hit a moose. No, no, Cause definitely they, not. They cave in like they fall right on the, right through the windshield. It's pretty messy. Yeah, when I was there, uh, the guy who invited me up there, he said, uh, "Pretty much, you got to drive with your lights on twenty four seven. Yeah, just because mm-hmm. there's just so much wildlife that could just jump out in front of you. He's yeah. like, I don't know why people don't do that everywhere. But it, it makes sense. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, I think you have to keep your lights on up there. Um, there's the stretch between Anchorage and Eagle River. Both sides of the highway have this really tall fence yeah. that runs like 12 miles. And there's breaks in the fence. Because moose can still find their way out onto the highway, but then they're trapped stuck. there. Yeah, stuck. So they have these like entry points that you can you can leave the high, that that highway zone. The moose can leave it, but they can't come back through it. But you'll see, it's it's a mess. It's a mess when you get a mama moose and a couple calves out on that icy highway, and everybody's hauling ass to work or home and. Yeah. And then just south of Anchorage on the Turnigan Arm that we talked about that last time. Um the uh did you ever see the doll sheep? The uh, the white, white ones? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw those. Like ones. right on the road? No, no, I had to cuz on one of the um pullovers um you know, I, I stopped at a couple different times just to you know look at everything all the surroundings and yeah, one of them I pulled off and uh, was looking up in the mountains and was able to see a couple of them. So that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they come right down to that highway. Like, they <laughs> right down, You'll there'll be 10 of them. There was actually a few years ago, there was this big ram over a full curl. Um, just a, he was a badass. And in, I used to drive that road every day. And anybody that commuted to Anchorage from Girdwood, you'd see that, uh, that doll sheep there and same dude same dude and one one day some asshole stopped in one of those pull-offs that you probably stopped at and shot him that's fucked up yeah isn't that fucked up 
I mean, that's just so fucked up. Yeah, he, he definitely got in trouble. But, oh, we were talking about uh, Copper River salmon. So good. Yeah. What do you like about it? It tastes nothing like salmon that everybody kind of um, associates salmon with. It's it's the 180 degrees different. It's buttery. It's delicate. It's... You keep talking. I'm just going to fix that. It seems like it's about to... There we go. Um, yeah, it, it's... You don't get that traditional salmon taste that everyone knows. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. And I was hoping to get some this year, but there wasn't uh, at the local store that I go to. Um, they didn't have it this year. Have you ever smoked salmon? No. That's, that's good. It's really, really good. I think it's my favorite way to eat salmon. What flavor uh, wood do you use? alder that's that's what how we did it up there i'm sure you can use it different woods but that's a real common tree up there right yep i wonder if obviously here you know probably don't have alder trees around or you can't probably go buy alder i you know i haven't even looked for it you must be able to i mean i would guess there's alders here right i mean up north in the north woods or who knows we should try to find some the uh, so you brine it. Well, first you I I do it with skin on. I don't take the skin off the right. salmon, and you cut it in your strips like you know I don't know inch and a half thick or whatnot, and you might do it with ten fish, and you throw it in a a bucket, food grade bucket with salt, pineapple juice, and you let that soak. You said salt in what? Pineapple juice. And do you, like, where do you get a, you said a, a food grade bucket. Is that like from Home Depot? Well, <laughs> no. Uh, what's that chemical that's in a lot of plastic? That's uh, is it BPA? Sure. It, yeah. So food grade doesn't leak because you're brining. So you don't want plastic to. Right, right. I don't know if that's a gimmick or not, but it's, <laughs> they make food grade buckets, plastic buckets. Got it. And so it's a good plastic for food grade <laughs> material and so you soak it in that uh for i think 24 hours and you pull that out and i think we rinsed it it's been a long time since i've done this process but this recipe is to die for then you put it out on your uh your racks and the the type of smoker we'd use it's they made little chiefs and big chiefs and it's like an aluminum square rectangular box and down on the very bottom there's a little door that opens and it's a it's like a little cast iron pan that you keep your the chips alder in. chips in yeah and it's it's an electric uh heating element and the only thing you're doing is the only heat that's generated is from the smoked alder like there's no other heat source really so you're using a traeger Mm, no, it's different than a Traeger. <laughs> Definitely different than a Traeger because we're not using pellets. And all we're using is alder wood. We're not using any t other form of fuel. Yep. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but so you take your strips and you lay them on these grates and you let that sit for until they get tacky. 
right? They start getting tacky. Um, almost like they're curing, like you're drying meat. Yep. And then you hit it with honey. You just drizzle that top with honey and then you just smoke it all day long. Hmm. It is amazing. It's like, it's because it's salty and it's sweet and it gets to this point to where it's, it's, it's almost like jerky. It's softer than jerky, but it's got that, that, uh, like a smoke ring around the outside. I think they call it squaw candy. I don't know if that's politically correct to say, but that's what they call it. Squaw candy. It's like candy. You get, you can eat so much of it. And then the skin, like the skin's good. Squaw. 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 I think like Native American candy. I don't think there were squaw in Alaska. So maybe Athabascan candy would be more. Uh, not Appalachian. Not Appalachian. <laughs> Appalachian. How do you even say that word? Probably depends on how much uh, moonshine you've had. Appalachian. <laughs> moonshine. Uh, no, it's not moonshine. What did I use? I used something like, uh, oh, it was McGillicuddy's apple pie. <laughs> <Girl>. <laughs> I, I I know, but I I didn't want to run to the store to get apple juice to coat my pork butt, you know, to, to brush it. So I used this McGillicuddy's apple pie, and it's a sweet liqueur. It actually came out really good. Are you in high school still? <laughs> no, no, no. Just last week. <laughs> yeah, it was like a couple of years ago. I got it. A buddy of mine gave it to me for my birthday or something. It was like the, the one whiskey I would never sip on. I mean, I, I don't drink whiskey anyway, but if I, if I do, I like it to be really like, um, strong and not sweet. If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't like drinking hard alcohol. I can't anymore because I had that heart surgery. So I'm not allowed to. Oh, for real? Yep. Huh. Yeah. I had, I had to have a valve replaced a couple years ago. I was, they found out I was born with a bicuspid heart valve. And most people have a tricuspid, so it's three flaps that open and close, and it makes a perfect one-way uh, system. Whereas with a bicuspid, you get a little backflow. So over the years, it had uh, dilated my aorta, the, the hose leaving your heart to go back into your body and supply your body. It, it dilated it to... Uh, 5.6 centimeters and the normal is like two and a half centimeters. So I was almost, I mean, I could have died. I probably would have for sure died. Like heart attack or like, like what? aneurysm. Aneurysm. Okay. I would have just bled out. It, it. My heart's healthy. It was healthy. Like they did tests just to see like if there was anything else that maybe needed to be done. Like, I don't know, whatever else could possibly happen. Stents or Right. Bypass, I think, is another one. But so no hard liquor, but you can drink as much beer as you want? No, I can't drink as much beer as I want. I okay. gotta I gotta gotta watch that. I'm on a, a blood thinner now because I went with a mechanical valve as opposed to a pig valve. Because a pig valve has to be replaced like every ten years and I did not want to go through heart surgery again. I mean I just I, it was the most pain I've ever had to deal with. It was really really depressing and fucked up yeah no shit um how about like smoking like that that's fine it doesn't do anything um no no that doesn't well i mean i shouldn't smoke you mean smoking weed well i mean i can smoke weed i do sometimes when i'm out fishing or whatnot 
um, wherever it's legal. I, you know, yeah. Like growing up in Alaska, it was everywhere. Um, some good, good old ditch weed. <laughs> actually up there, the, like there's nothing to do in the wintertime. And so people grow really amazing marijuana. Sure. And, uh, I suppose you have a bunch of greenhouses anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been, there's, I think all the way back to the seventies, like you could actually have personal, you weren't allowed to transport it. You weren't allowed to sell it or buy it, but you could, you could have it for personal in the confines of your house type deal. Got it. But then a few years ago it went recreational. So all of my friends have turned their spare bedroom downstairs into a jungle. <laughs> like it's, it's great. It's, it's amazing. I mean, the seasonal depression that sets in in Alaska uh, in the wintertime because you're not getting any sunlight. No vitamin D. Yeah, yeah. And so to have, you know, full spectrum lights in a room in your house that you spend time, you you get vitamin D. So. Yeah, you got to. It's not as easy as people think, though, setting up a room and, you know, it has to be the perfect humidity. You have to keep an eye, depending on, on um, what kind of methods you, that you use. Hydroponics is a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah, I've never grown weed. Me either. I've never, I've never done it, but I've, I've, I have friends that have done it. So I've been around it and it's, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's weird. You walk into this room and it just feels like a jungle. It's like the humidity, the, the light, the ozone, like it almost smells like a rainforest. Yeah, some people will even get like get oxygen to have in, in their room to make sure the you know plants are getting the appropriate oxygen levels. Um, yeah, you have to have all your um, like white tarps up or black tarps, depending on you know what you're doing in there. Don't they make wait? Don't plants make oxygen? Like they absorb CO two, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I don't know enough about it. We'll have to get a uh, a farmer on here sometime. Talk about weed. Some of my parents' friends, they uh, years ago they moved out to Oregon and started doing honey and growing weed. And they the the bees mm-hmm. cross pollinate, so they they I don't know if I'm saying that right. They pollinate the plants. They go and get their whatever they need for honey. Yep. From the the cannabis. And yeah, it's, it's non, like you don't get high from the, the honey. Right. It's just the, where they made their honey from. So. I wonder if that honey tastes like a little skunky. little skunky, (laughs) skunky honey. (laughs) Hey, you want some skunky honey? (laughs) I think you're onto something. Use some skunky honey on the, uh, on the fishy salmon. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds great. Yeah. So um I went ice fishing yesterday. Early ice. Yeah, that's wild. And and uh pretty much like a pond or something like that, right? Yeah, my my buddy that took me uh referred to it as a slough. I always thought a slough flows through something. But yeah, it's like a pond. Yeah. It's it's a pond and it's it's got a couple fingers that go out so you it's not a big it's not like a circle like what's what's out behind me here. And sloughs are referred to something different in Alaska too, right? 
Yeah, like Rabbit Slough is like a, uh, a like a ravine, calm kind of? river, not a river, calm deep creek. Got it. And it barely moves. And um, so yeah, so you were out fishing, out fishing, and uh, I don't know, three inches of ice is about what it was. But I swear that ice only looked like an inch deep. And how did you measure it? So. I'm just going to be honest. I, I chickened out. I did not go out all the way onto the, I mean, I did go out onto the ice, maybe like <laughs> 30 or 40 yards, but my buddy, then you hightailed it back, <laughs> man. That thing was talking to me. He was like popping and cracking. Yep. I had my GoPro on, so I know I captured some of that sound, but my buddy, you know, he's lived here his whole life, grew up here and he's running around like a little kid and pulling his sled and, setting up the tip-ups and i had my drone so i had a good excuse to stay closer to shore because i you know was flying my drone and i got this some really great footage of him setting the tip-ups up he just used his the like the the bar yeah a spud bar maybe is what it's called sure or a chisel i don't know what it is yeah it's It's a metal bar yeah yeah um so that's how he was punching his holes yep he didn't even use his auger and we were using um i don't know if they were sucker minnows or shiners or shiners so so you just stood on shore while he fished no i i mean i was out on the ice (laughs) but i I, you know and this oh so this pond is like six feet deep in in the deepest part got it right but still i mean i'm still like i don't want to fall through and i don't have my uh I guess I need spikes. They make spikes yeah. that you wear on your wrist. Yeah, I, they they have um, several different. They, I have two. It has like a, a lanyard. Yeah, sorts where it, you know they kind of stretch like this. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, you just throw them around your neck, and um, then they're then they're accessible. Yeah. I think like the new fancy coats probably have them like in their sleeves. Yeah, I just got me a a new coat, um, and it, I guess it floats. It's got the, my bibs do not float, but the jacket at least does. So I feel a little better about that. But yeah, he was out there and as soon as he got the, uh, the tip ups up, cause he, he, you know, we're allowed three each in Wisconsin. So we did have six tip ups up, but I, there's no way I was going to go out and check any tip up. I, he can he can check my tip-ups for me but as soon as he got them all set they started popping and and we we were going for just picklers so nothing huge right right well that size of that body of water wouldn't produce anything much bigger than that anyways yeah i think the biggest one he said that he has seen out of there is like just under 30 inches which is still a nice pike that's that's a big pike yeah i mean you don't want to uh, harvest anything much bigger than that anyways no we would have let something that big go i imagine um but it was great they just started popping and so i got this really cool drone footage i've been dying i'm just waiting for the moment that i get to take my drone out on the ice and get some make make a fishing video about ice fishing because not many people in do it like i, did, I had no idea what ice fishing was until i moved here at all. It's, it's 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 not like a a thing up in Alaska. No, it's not. And 
it is starting to get a thing because just, I don't know, the internet and people are discovering that it is actually fun to, you know, take your family out on a lake and set up your shack. But up there, we don't have all the species of fish that we have down here, you know, so your salmon run in the summertime. No, but there's lakes. There's lakes. So we have trout, yep. like uh, rainbows, small rainbows. Um, there's got to be pike up there. There's got to be walleye up there. There's no walleye. There's no walleye. There are pike. The pike, they they claim the pike were introduced and from probably somebody from Wisconsin or Minnesota. <laughs> 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 they were they were introduced up there into a drainage. Like I've I've thought about like how that process in itself. In obviously we're gonna Ow. you know being being light on on bringing a, a a species of fish all all the way up to Alaska from Minnesota Wisconsin. But like even for people here and they they have a like I live in in Egan. There's a, a sweet little lake right across the street from our house. I couldn't imagine like going to a different lake, like to go catch some muskies and then let them go, put them into my, a cooler and then like, yeah. Driving them over to my lake. Like for what? Like it wouldn't like, there's not enough. Like, how would you do it? How would Unless you do you got, it? Got them in the fry stage. And yeah. I mean, but even still like how, how they reproduce, you, you don't even know what the hell you got. You could have. Yeah. Two. That that was the rumor, growing up was was they were somebody took the time to someone, somebody took the time. But now there are areas in Alaska. I was actually just watching a YouTube this morning that my buddy sent. I should show it to you because there are huge pike in Alaska, big pike. The Inoka Inoka River, I think, is where these guys are. They're fly fishing. These pike are enormous fish. So there are pike in Alaska and they probably are native to Alaska, but the drainage that they made their way to, they would have had to swim in salt water to get to it. So the, the actual drainage where they used to not exist, they've now they do exist there and um, they've decimated the King salmon population. Like they, they just eat all the fry probably, huh? Or yeah. not fry, but you know, yearlings or whatever. Yeah. That's weird. And and so maybe that, that rumor, um, maybe I'm, I'm mistaken with the way I remember what was told to me, but maybe somebody introduced them to, it's called the Matanuska river. Um, and that's up by Wasilla and Palmer. So you got any, you still got that house in, uh, um, um, what part of Wisconsin? Webster. Webster. Yep. Still got that. And um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. We might take it off the market uh, for a little little bit just for the winter season. I think he might have a friend that uh, he's going to move in there, um, give him a place to live, and have his friend kind of work on some things. And then we'll probably put it back on the market for the spring market. For the spring market, yeah. That's probably good. Good winter fishing up in that area. Yeah, I'm surprised that has not. There's been no offers on it. Yeah, it's you know just like many many places like that, just has to find the right person. Yeah, um, I thought we did. Yeah, and come springtime, maybe you know 
I, I think uh, they just didn't want to, you know, do anything, you know, this time of year. And you know, they, they weren't ready to sell their house, right? In no, White Bear, correct. Yeah. Yep. Um. So yeah, but we got we got to definitely do some ice fishing this year, you and I. Oh man, absolutely. I mean, from here, there's God. You, you from our office, you could go twenty minutes just about any direction and be on really good fishing. I mean, we could set tip ups right up there, <laughs> about fifty yards behind our office. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we might as well try. I mean, see, but one thing I'm, I've always been told and hesitant on is going through what are they called willows or whatever they are oh the the uh the grass yeah yeah because the the ice isn't stable going through that because you know there's so much pocket of you know pockets of air oh so um not that i wouldn't push my luck a little bit but yeah we could but with that i mean there's what would, they, what would you tip up fish for for there? I don't know. That's the thing we just discover. We should just fly the drone out and swoop it around the lake and see if there's any signs of anybody else to fish in that lake. I mean, that would be cool to just get here in the office in the morning and face the uh, studio this way. Uh, yeah, well, we would just have to put one one mic over. <laughs> next to the other side of the the window and we could just that would be fun actually <laughs> we could just sit and talk about fishing i actually want to i know you i know you don't have all day here um but at some point i want to show you this ice fishing montage that i'm putting together from uh the last two years of ice fishing i got myself a gopro and like I with the sole intent of okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to document what this ice fishing is because I was so blown away that people down here did this. The other reason in Alaska I think that we didn't do it is because, well, we got tired of fishing in the summer because we that's all we did, and yep. then all the salmon disappear, and a lot most of the lakes are just so incredibly deep. It's like what are you gonna? How are you gonna ice fish? a lake that's, you know, 900 feet deep or right. however deep. Yep. And then the lakes around the town, they're stocked with rainbow trout. And so, you know, if you're going to go rainbow fishing, like you're going to go for that 30 inch plus rainbow. So we just, and the ice was incredibly thick, like most years. So I think that's why it never really became popular until recently, I do see my friends up there getting into it. and hmm. It might have been because they saw me down here doing it, and it's like, wait, that looks really fun. Why didn't we think of this sooner? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I uh, do you have a pop-up house or anything like that? So I've got, I actually want to buy one. So I, I have that sled system where it, canopies over you yep and it's you're sitting on like the plastic slide yep. so i have i have one of those um last winter last fall me and my buddy ben he's in my fishing videos and then my other buddy shasha he's in the fishing videos uh we started building an ice castle so it's all done um he just got the uh the jacks 
like the automatic jack system yep. um, delivered. So we're going to install that, I think, maybe Thursday. And so this winter we'll have an ice castle. And I think what I'm going to do is invest in and just start looking around and finding one of those. It's like a double, just a pop-up tent, right? Yeah. It pops out. Yep. I, I don't know what they're called. It's like a clam yeah, I, I um, my wife got me two years ago. I think it was a six person uh, pop up tent, uh, insulated clam. Um, they, they say it's a six person, but you know it's probably ideal for two guys or two two guys, two gals, whatever you know, in in their fishing gear. Yeah, to sit in there comfortably. So, I they make those double long ones too. Right? Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what do they call them? The I can't remember. They have, they have a specific name for the the double ones that, that you're talking about. Because I was thinking that would be a base really, camp, a, a base camp. Yeah. So what I'm thinking um, with this ice castle, because Ben and I fish all the time, it'd be fun to have a. The ice castle doesn't have a kitchen in it, so to set up one of those base camps out the back door and figure out how that's our like three season porch to the ice castle. <laughs> right and then that's where the cooking happens that's where we set up the weber i don't know i don't know how this is going to work or if it would work it would be cool if you could roll up you know one of the walls that's on the leeward side from the wind yep um i don't know that's kind of what we were we were thinking you'd probably throw cots out there and it just extend the ice castle experience it'd be fun <laughs> yeah you could i mean just go buy an an inexpensive canopy that has sides. Yeah. I think I'd want to heat it though. I'd want to be able to, I, I would prefer it to be insulated because like, let's say I just want to go out one night, you know, and the I, maybe we're scoping a different lake and the ice castle's already set on this lake and we could just take it out, settle up on another lake. You need something different for that. I mean, cause if you're cooking in one, you don't want to haul around a stinky cooking shelter. No, we could cook right outside the shelter. We don't have to cook inside the shelter, but we could have like, you know, the table for the food, the, the, the prep space. I don't necessarily mean cooking inside of it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, that would, <laughs> that wouldn't work. It, but I, I think it would be cool to be able to leave the ice castle door open if you could retrofit it to where it's, you know, making the ice castle almost twice as long. Yeah, just get a canopy. Let's get a canopy. That's too easy, man. <laughs> and way too cheap. <laughs> you're right. You're right. We'll just get a canopy. So I think they sell like, you know, canopies that have enclosed three sides. So you could just snatch up one of those somewhere for, especially right now, you know, because they're probably more seasonal like summer. You could probably get one for pretty damn cheap somewhere. It wouldn't blow away? Get some fucking steaks. Yeah. All right. Or some screws. <laughs> ice, ice, ice steaks, ice, ice screws. Yeah. 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 They, I mean, they sell those all over the place. Yeah. That's a good idea. So, um, your tent clam, mm -hmm. um, is it like a, a rect, a square or is it an octagon? Octagon. Or? Yeah. Yep. And it just kind of, it's pretty easy to put away, right? It just kind of, you push the side in, push the side in. Yeah. I think the center top, you know, collapses down. Yeah. In, into it and then yeah like pretty much like a spider 
like collapsing. Yeah. I like that design a lot better than the one I got. The one I got is just kind of a pain. Yeah. It's kind of, well, not necessarily bulky because none of them are not bulky, but yeah, it's not as, I guess, pliable because it's just like plastic sled. Yeah. Plastic sled. Yeah. Yeah. I have a pretty, yeah. The one my wife got me is pretty fucking sweet. What do those run? I have no fucking idea. Probably 600 bucks all day long. Yeah. The dude who made those, he, he's from here, from from Minnesota. Invented or pretty much created ice fishing experiences that we know now. Really? Yep. He made, pretty. I think his the first um, ice shelter was like a one-person version of what you have. It was on a sled. Yeah. He, I think he, his first experiences, I believe, were bringing it out to Lake Minnetonka and just... You know, it was single sled. He popped it over. Um, Dave Gens is his name. And now um, he made, actually even made the, if I remember correctly, created the little pucks that you keep all your waxies and stuff like that in. So it's a, it looks like a puck. It's usually bright colored. You oh, oh yeah, screw yeah, it yeah. open. Yeah. And then you you put all your waxies and, you know, grubs and stuff like that in there. Check this out here. Come around here just for a second. I'm going to show you this um, this clip. I have the sound muted. It's right after this. This, I think that was the first big northern I saw in person. That's a pretty nice one. I think that's out on uh, Balsam Lake. Nice one, huh? Yep. But, God, but I love I love Balsam. <laughs> you got to watch this though. This this next scene is really cool. The, the ice. <laughs> Is that Bigfoot? <laughs> that that clam is just, they can't, it's so windy and they just can't manage it. So one of, one of the, one of our crew went over to help them, but those are like high school kids. Just figuring it out, man. Yeah. But it, it did blow. It actually blew. I got some lyrics for that ice fishing song I wrote just based on that. But then you got to watch this next shot, man. That's venison. Then that I cooked on the ice. That looks delicious. Yeah, buddy. So that's what we're doing. When we go ice fishing, we're bringing a, whatever meat we want to do and a way to cook it. Oh, I, I usually just bring like a sandwich. No, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Anton. But hot, you, you hot can bring, dog. Yeah, but you can bring some sandwiches. We always we always end up doing like uh, schwanks or uh, uh, what cheddar brats. Oh, sure. Cheddar brats. And I always bring a, a a package of bacon and I'll cook that down. Careful not to burn it. But then that's like whatever, like the brats cooked in bacon grease. So good, dude. And you're burning calories because you're outside and you're trying to stay warm. So you're shivering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, well, uh, We'll have to go ice fishing and we'll have to be careful not to reveal where we go as much as like, okay, this is the, this is how you target walleye or this is how we target Northern. Um, we could talk about general area though. Sure. You know, I think that'd be, that'd be good. And, um, 
you know, that, that could definitely, uh, generate some interest in some of the surrounding properties. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I, I just don't want to blow out the good fishing holes. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm always really careful not to tell this guy, Ben, where I'm fishing. Right. No, I, I'll tell him, but you know, cause we're pretty lucky that we live around so many little gems of spots that, you know, you don't have to go up to the North woods to find fish. You can find fish locally. I think the, the big thing is, is to, um, let more go than you keep, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can, and, and who the hell wants to fillet up many more than you can actually keep? Like it, it becomes a hassle. Yeah. It, so that's why I've never, I, I can't get into pan fishing. Why? For sunnies and, and I mean, maybe I could, I, I guess I just haven't got into some really nice crappie. Cause I know cry the few crappie that I have got that were like the 12 inch range. I couldn't believe how much meat was on those. Like that was really incredible. So, but why can't you get into pan fishing? So what for the reason of, okay, I'm going to have 20 pan fish to clean as opposed to one Northern or three Northern or a nice walleye, you know, in, so you probably haven't just learned the right technique. Probably not. Yeah. I honestly, I don't, the, my friends that I go ice fishing with, we are going for Northern or walleye. I haven't gone out to specifically target. Okay. We're going to, we're going to look for some sunfish or some crappie. So, so if you know how to do that, I would love to do that. I'd love to go target some crappie. Well, like the, you know, so it, it definitely comes from like some different cultural experiences. Like, yes, you can sit there and, you know, fillet up, you know, a bunch of crappies and sunnies and a lot of people do it. Um, but, you know, the technique that I, I learned years and years ago was you just gut them, descale them, cut the heads off, fry them whole. Really? Yeah. With the tail? Yeah. And do you eat the tail? Some people I mean, do, uh, yeah, because they're like, oh, it's a chip. You know, so, you know, people. I would, I would be interested in experiencing that because that sounds a lot, hell of a lot easier than, because I'm thinking like, okay, here's how I fillet a salmon and I'm going to try to do the same thing here and cut the rib cage out. Yep. So the rib cage comes with the. Yeah. Like, like everything, like when you just gut it, scale it, cut the head off and then fry it. Um, everything, obviously you still got that skin on there. Um, but then like all of the, the meat just falls right off the bones. Oh, so you don't eat the bones? No. I, okay. No, you like, yeah, I mean, it just falls. You, either you, you know, just pick it up and start eating. Look at that fucking hot dog, man. Watch this bite right here, dude. This is what we do. I guess I already bit it. Yeah, it's so good, man. I can't <laughs> wait to cook on the ice with you. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Anyway, that, so. That's, that's a little disturbing. You just <laughs> said you can't wait for me to. <laughs> Can't wait for you to watch me eat a hot dog. <laughs> watch me, watch me put all that in my mouth. <laughs> so we scale. So when you scale a fish, that's something I've never done either. 
Oh, for real? Yeah. So they nope. they they sell like this. Um, I have several of them. That you just go to wherever your, your local sporting goods store, and they sell descalers. It kind of looks like a a shoehorn with a little bit of teeth on them. Oh, the shoehorn. That's how you put on your yep nice shoes if you're lazy. Correct. Okay. Nice shoes in general. Okay. But yeah, I, it's okay. it's uh, and you just. Do you go against towards the face or towards Correct. the head? Yep, yep. And then they just all, f- you know, pop right off. What a mess! I, do you? I mean, where did the? Where do you in an, into a trash can? Sure. I mean, but I mean, if you're out on the ice, who fucking cares? Yeah, I'm thinking back at the house. Like, okay, I'm gonna have to deal with all the millions of scales in my kitchen sink now. Oh, I would just do it out in my driveway. Okay. Huh. And so the skin's still on. Yeah, but it's like the smallest layer of skin that keeps everything intact. Kind of like a catfish skin, probably. Down to that point, yeah, probably. It's like smooth. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And then, yeah, you can just fry them up, and you can either just grab it, start, you know, eating, it just falls right off the bone, or, you know, people, you know, also just use their fingers and pull it off. Do you pan fry it, or are you, uh, like, dropping it in a thing of peanut oil? Uh, do you batter it? Your choice, dealer's choice. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we when uh yeah we should do that. That sounds fun. When I did my ninja fishing, um, and we get on the like the crappies, um, they're like twelve to fifteen inch crappies, and uh, yeah, we just bring bring those home and fillet them up, and like those ones, you even you, you can like just cut the meat off because you know, they're just such monsters, but. Yeah, I'd, you get to a point where you have twenty panfish to fillet, and it's like, nah, fuck that. I'm just yeah. Only descale them, cut the head off, be done with it in a few seconds. Yeah, that's why I've never been well, really interested in it. I, I have kept panfish, but it's they're just such a pain in the butt to fillet. Like, see, and I don't know how to fillet uh, pike, so I like you know I, I always just thought of it as a game fish, and you know put it mm-hmm. put it right back in. They're delicious. Pike are really good. I mean, I've I've done fish fry with walleye and pike in the same fish fry, and it's really hard to tell the difference. I don't like that. You can hear me scratch my thigh. Oh, <laughs> you got some itch. Um, so I need, I need my gold bond. So this is this scene is pretty cool. Um, our ice shack is. There were four of us out here, so everybody wanted to set up around the ice shack. I had I hopped in my truck and I went over to the shore where I was using my Navionics and I saw a shelf and I'm like I'm gonna go set my tip ups here about a quarter mile away from like you needed binoculars to see the, right. the tip up right. and I I drive over there every so often and those holes were the only <laughs> we burnt those uh, those holes were the only holes that produced that day and it was so funny because as soon as we'd see a tip up through the binoculars. Whoever had the binoculars didn't tell anybody else, hopped in the truck and just took off. Like, so we started <laughs> racing over to those tip ups and yeah, I'd actually, um, down South, it's real common to eat bass, right? I mean, people eat bass. Like we, anytime I've gone to the Ozarks, it's like, okay, Hey, we're going fishing for a fish fry and we keep bass. We keep perch, perch, uh, some sunfish. Mm-hmm. Um, Come what brownies down there though? They smallmouth are called brownies. 
So a smallmouth bass down there is referred to as a brownie or a smallie. Yep. You also have Kentuckys. You have spotted. There's hybrid. I don't know. They're, I, I don't really know the, the difference. I, I feel like fish are called things. Regionally. Yeah, regionally. Um, yeah, that Shasha and Ben. They're, if, if you ever come out to the ice shack. Oh, and then this is a game I invented on the ice here. Um, we'd <laughs> set up. Yeah, it's kind of like bags, but with uh, weedless uh, lures. And we'd cast them out at the, you know, we'd create obstacles. And we'd, whoever gets closer or whatever. But there's, um, so in March, I'll be starting a custom one uh, neighborhood down in Savage. So I'll have uh, 17, uh, one in two story, one in one and a half story homes, 17 homes down there to, to, to sell. Um, there's a sweet little lake down there, um, that I might just have to January, February. Yeah. Well, be the tail end of, I guess, ice season, maybe February, March. Yeah. Be low. Why don't we go hit it now or we next could. week? There's not enough ice out there. Mm. it's a big it's like a bigger a bigger lake yeah not like a pond yeah um but when my buddy and i we went there last year and just um for about three hours and just had really really good luck on the panfish cool but how, the, how deep is it uh, it gets pretty deep you know like 30 40 feet deep something okay. like that that'll be that'll be cool i was talking with uh katie yesterday actually about doing some drone work for um, some of her custom one homes, Kate, uh, Kate. Yeah. Uh, it's not Katie, Kate. Yeah, you're right. Kate. Um, anyhow, yeah, she has some custom one homes that she wants me to fly the drone around. But with, with that, that might be fun to take the drone out and do some ice fishing and just get that footage. So when you do end up marketing these homes or something, you could throw in some of that footage of the uh hey this is a great lake to fish you know yep you know so i'm, I'm probably gonna do another open house at um uh, another one of our custom one developments uh neighborhoods this sunday in inver grove um and it'd be kind of sweet to have uh some drone footage we only have a couple lots left there there's a house being built right now um but yeah, I'll be there probably Sunday, like 11 to 1 or something along those lines. But that'd be kind of cool to to have some drone footage of that. Sure. Like of you, like introducing the 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 house that you're doing an open house for? Sure. And, and probably that. And then, you know, it's like there's only, we only have, I think, three lots left there, you know, to get some, a little bit more. Aerial um, perspective of what those lots are. Yeah. And just kind of. Um, and just bring a little bit more attention to that neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, cause there's, there's only a couple lots left, um, would be pretty good. And it's like sur- surrounded by, you know, preserves and wetlands oh, and stuff cool. like that. So, yeah, let me know. I'm, uh, I have a show on Friday and then Saturday I'm at Ziggy's and Sunday I 
Sunday, Sunday, I don't think Sunday. I'm, I don't have a gig on Sunday. Sunday fun day. Yeah, and football day. But what we could do is with that drone, I could just get some footage. And then if you wanted to, say, come in here next Monday and we lay out that footage however long you want it, 30 seconds, a minute, however however long, lay out that timeline. And then if you wanted to, you could talk about it, talk about the, the, the preserve. Yep. yep. I'm not really into the those those uh videos where it's you're looking at the person the realtor's face and they're talking to the camera like i right i would much rather see or hear the the voice and then have some maybe a a peaceful musical bed like a cool soundtrack and then you know just talking about voice it. over it yeah i think so but if you wanted to do the if you wanted to get a, a shot of you like talking um just Hey, I'm Anton, and welcome uh, to Amberwood. Exactly, like standing out outside of the house, we would hook you up with a. Uh, and I don't have one. We'd want to get one, and I'm sure we. we yeah, we could just voice over it here. You know, we could voice over here, but to do it remote, like in the field or something, you would just yeah, I want a mic. pick up a, a, a little lapel mic. I should pick some up anyway, just to have for even ice fishing. I wish my buddy had one on him yesterday. Um, because the drone doesn't pick up any any voice, right? Yeah. Yeah. What you cooking there? Um, those are uh, Schwenk's cheddar bratwurst, and I'm thinking this is food, and it's like, I don't know what that is. That's like bait. It's like some type of artificial stink bait for <laughs> some some Berkeley gulp. Dude, it, that's what it was. It was gulp. I just, I had no idea what I was smelling and it was not what I was expecting. It was so disgusting. Wonder why fish like it. I don't know. It smells funky. It smells fishy. Those uh, propane heaters are really cool, man. Like when you fire them up, they make that tone. Oh, the, the, the. oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then it. That's a really cool sound. Like I've, I want to hold a microphone on that and and sample that. And it's the the first tone it makes. It's like just above middle C on a piano, and then after that heats up, it skips up like two octaves and holds that note for a while. I think it would be really cool to make a soundtrack for ice fishing. Um, that was that was a good walleye. It was like perfect Eden size. I was so happy. I was alone out there, fall asleep in my truck, wake up at every hour or whatever and check my tip ups. And I'm like, fuck man, I feel guilty. I need to, I'm going to go home. I have no reason to feel guilty. I'm just like, I've been out here for eight hours. So I was going to pull my, my flags and uh, it was cold as shit. So I'd pull a flag, put that tip up away, run back to my car, crank the heater, warm up. Pulled my second one, same thing. And then when I was going to pull my third one, I'm walking towards it and it tip tip up. And it was a walleye. I was so freaking happy. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool to get some of the, the sounds from being out on the ice. Yep. So that sound and then the sound of the ice cracking. Yeah. I really want to capture that. Like that's really That and the the, the wind howling 
in like the the flapping of your fish house, like the sides that you that you get. Um, but that wind howling, you know, hitting different you know materials would be kind of cool. And yeah, actually, this year, where was I? I was fishing somewhere this year. Oh, it was when I was trolling out on Lake Michigan. I was hearing this whistle. It was like. And I couldn't figure out where this whistle was coming from. And it was, and they were in different tones. I had, I finally, the captain was like, oh yeah, those are the fishing lines. Just the tension and the wind passing over them. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. This, this is my buddy, Jason. He, uh, he gave me his family's pickling recipe. Really good. Do you like pickled fish? I don't think I've ever had it. Really? Yeah. I'll bring some to the meeting tomorrow. I'll bring a jar and we'll, uh, I'll, may, I'll probably need to bring two jars because Katie wanted to try some too. It disappears pretty quick. Well, I think we'll have to cut out here. Right on. Woods and water. Woods and water. Woods and water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, send me over uh, a, co- a picture that you want me to use. I'll caricaturize it. And then this winter, we'll get a good picture of you and I out on the ice or something. And cool. For the episode art. Dude, this kid right here pulls in a monster hike. And this guy right here with the 80s glasses, um, he's got a pole barn out there by Deer Park or Glenwood City. And the pole barn is filled with, uh, he raises bait, like oh, bait sure. fish. Yeah. So it's pools and pools and pools and pools yep. of, of bait fish. It was a really cool operation to see. Yeah, I know you got to leave, but just, just you wait. Anton, this kid's maybe 13. This is the biggest fish he's ever caught. And it's so exciting. That's something I like about ice fishing. It's like... It doesn't even matter who in your party ends up getting the fish. It feels like such a team effort and, you know, everybody's celebrating. And that's a nice bike. He was pumped. That's yeah, a sweet bike, especially by hand. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I know you got to get busy. Get get busy doing, doing things. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. We'll uh, fish you later.